Hello, my name is John Keim, and you're listening to the Political Mind Podcast. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 14, titled Napoleon and the Louisiana Purchase. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Political Mind Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about Napoleon Bonaparte and his early history and how he became one of the most influential generals in world history and what he did that influenced America and what plan he made with Thomas Jefferson and um, a lot of other influential leaders to expand America. So um, today that's what our subject is, and let's get into it because this is really cool. So for starters, Napoleon Bonaparte was born on August 15th, 1769, on Croatia, an island in the Mediterranean Sea. So for some quick context, Napoleon Bonaparte was born in Croatia, yes, but he was technically French because the French took over Croatia before he was born. So technically this made um, him subject to King Louis XIV. At the age of nine, Napoleon joined a military school in France, and he excelled in math and history, and after seven years, he received a commission as an officer in the artillery division of the French army. Then, in the summer of 1789, the French Revolution began as Parisian mobs stormed Bastille. The French Revolution concluded with the removal of the monarchy. So basically, what they did here was remove the monarchy because the monarchy was mistreating them. <laughs> kind of how what the Americans did back in 1776. Uh, yeah, kind of see the correlation here, except one thing that I should say about the French Revolution is it was a lot more gruesome, and they definitely, um, they hung people, they cut off people's heads, um, and in 1793, they cut off Louis, um, the King, King Louis, um, the 16th, they cut his head off, and the monarchy, the French monarchy, all of them died with him. So, with the dismantling of the monarchy and the aristocracy, France was thrown into what became known as the Reign of Terror. It is estimated that 300,000 suspects were arrested and 17,000 people were executed during this time. So you kind of see where my gruesome point was coming across, because in the American Revolution in 1776, only um, 1,700 people died during the war battles, but 5,000 people died during the medical like stuff. So in general total was 7,000. So 7,000 people died in the American Revolution, 17,000 people died in the French Revolution. Yeah, it's quite a bit of a difference on how many people died, not including the 300,000 people who were arrested. So it was, it was a very terrible time in French history. But like I said earlier, it was during this tumultuous period that Napoleon began to gain fame. His first major victory um, came when he defeated royalist forces supported by the British Navy at the port of Toulon. And after the battle, he was celebrated as a war hero. In 1795, Napoleon gained even more fame when he fired upon royalists and defeated anti-republic forces and threatened the new government. So this was literally happening as the American Revolution was happening as well. And this, in a way, kind of helped the Americans because the British were occupied on two major wars with the French Revolution and the American Revolution. So these two huge countries were going against this one big main superpower. And uh, yeah, it was really hard on the 
British definitely when they were trying to control these two places. And it was just so difficult. And that's one of the big factors that helped the Americans win was because they were so occupied with the um, French Revolution that they kind of didn't do their full force when it came to the American Revolution. So while Napoleon was winning all these wars, he was also spending a lot of money trying to win these wars, and that was one of the main reasons he sold the Louisiana Purchase um, for such a low price in our in today's money and in today's wealth. Um, and it was kind of interesting because he was losing this amount of money and he needed it back just to be able to continue fighting the war, which at the end ended up helping Americans anyway because now we have so many states that it's like, wow, okay, this is actually pretty good for us. So now let's talk about the history of the Louisiana Purchase, how much it was, and how much it benefited the United States. In the beginning of the 17th century, France explored the Mississippi River Valley and established settlements in the region. By the middle of the 18th century, France controlled more of the present-day United States than any other European power, from New Orleans, northeast to the Great Lakes, and northwest to the modern-day Montana. But in 1762, during the French and Indian War, France seceded French Louisiana west of the Mississippi River to Spain, and in 1763 transferred nearly all of its remaining North American holdings to Great Britain. Spain no longer had a dominant European power and did very little to develop Louisiana during the, three next, the next three decades. So this basically meant that France was losing a lot of its stuff during the French and Indian War, and they needed to get rid of it, like in the next upcoming three decades is what's going to happen as well. But they were in another war. It was the French and Indian War, and they were losing money. And so they gave it to, at that time, they gave it to um, Spain, which was a big power, but it wasn't next, like in the next few decades, it wasn't anymore. So they had to sign it off to France, which you'll hear in a little bit. But And then they gave Great Britain the rest, which became the th 13 colonies and stuff like that. So it's kind of, it's like a, the history of America is like really interesting when it comes to like different European countries selling um, each other the these huge spots um, for, I guess, this big landmass. And in 1796, Spain allied itself with France, leading Britain to use its powerful navy to cut off Spain from America. And in 1801, Spain signed a secret treaty with France to return the Louisiana Territory to France, which gave the power back to France, what they, what they bought three decades ago. And during this time, since the French owned westward of the Ohio River and the Tennessee River Valleys, a lot of um, settlers were highly dependent on the free access to the Mississippi River and the, and the strategic ports of New Orleans. So this was a very strategic spot for America, and it was very valuable. So you could see how much they wanted it. One of the biggest fears of U.S. officials was that under the leadership of uh, Napoleon Bonaparte of France, um, that they would seek to dominate the Mississippi River and the access to the Gulf of Mexico. And in a letter to U.S. Minister of France, Robert Livingston, which you probably have heard of either in TV shows or in Hamilton or something like that, um, President Thomas Jefferson stated that the day that France takes possession of New Orleans, we must marry ourselves to the British fleet and nation. That's how scared they were that the French were going to take over and like you know they were they were willing to give themselves back to the british and say um they will give themselves up for the british because they were scared that the french were going to take over so because of that livingston was ordered to negotiate with french prime minister barbie marbados uh, for the purchase of New Orleans and france was slow in taking control of louisiana but in 1802 
Spanish authorities, apparently acting under French orders, revoked a U.S.-Spanish treaty that granted Americans the right to store goods in New Orleans. In response, Jefferson sent future U.S. President James Monroe to Paris to aid Robert Livingston in the New Orleans purchase talks. And in mid-April 1803, shortly before Monroe's arrival, the French asked a supervised Livingston if the United States was interested in purchasing of all the Louisiana Territory. And I can guarantee you they were surprised when they said that. They were like, are you kidding me? The entire territory? Absolutely, we'll take that. So it was like, you know, this was a perfect opportunity for them to take it. And moving forward to one of the reasons why they gave it, it is said by History.com, uh, it is believed that the failure of France to put down the slave revolution in Haiti and the impending war of Great Britain and the probital British naval blockade of France, combined with the French economic difficulties, may have prompted Napoleon to offer Louisiana for sale to the United States. So with everything piling down on Napoleon, he was at the point of like, okay, just give it to them. We need the money. You know, we just got to go. And this is where Napoleon could see it was being, he was pressured to do this because of everything that was around him, the British, the um, slave revolution in Haiti and the Americans um, wanting the land. It's like all of it. And he just like, okay, here, have it for this certain amount of money. And as one would think, negotiations moved swiftly, and at the end of April, the United States agreed to pay 11250000 to claim the vast domain of Louisiana Territory with estimated around 828,000 square miles of land. The treaty was dated April 30th and signed on May 2nd, and in October, the United States Senate ratified the purchase, and in December 1803, France transferred the authority over to the region uh, to the United States. And I guess briefly talking about the legacy of the Louisiana Purchase, um, it was one of President Jefferson's most notable achievements when he was president. And um, Jefferson, President Jefferson soon commissioned Lewis and Clark to explore this place, which you know the Lewis and Clark expedition. And they went out and they literally looked everywhere, um, starting from St. Louis, Missouri, and continuing onwards. And on April 30th, 1812, exactly nine years after the Louisiana Purchase Agreement was made, the first state to be carved from the territory, Louisiana, was admitted into the Union as the 18th U.S. state. So there you go. There is the Louisiana Purchase and everything that happened um, and how that influenced the United States and how we have that much land. Now let's talk about the end of the life for um, Napoleon Bonaparte. So a little while after that, in 1815, Napoleon heard that Prussian troops had orders to capture him dead or alive, and he asked the British if he could um, seek a political asylum in England, which kind of is astounding to me, considering that they had a war, and they both were huge en enemies, and now he was asking for a political asylum in England after the Prussian, like, they were thinking about killing him, so... They said no, <laughs> which doesn't surprise me. They said no to having him come over and seek political asylum in um, England. And so he went to an island. He fled to an island, uh, St. Helena, in the Atlantic Ocean. And there, Napoleon eventually died of cancer on May 5th in 1821 on St. Helena at the age of 51. Yeah, at the age of 51. I didn't... You know, when you're in history class or you're reading a book, you don't really realize how young people were back then when they were accomplishing all this stuff. Napoleon was only 51, and he did all of that in 51 years. I don't know. That maybe is not you, but that astonishes me, to be honest.
And there we go. There is the conclusion of this episode. If you enjoyed this or had any questions about Napoleon or about the Louisiana Purchase that I didn't go over, please let me know. I have a section down below if you're on Spotify. If not, then you can just press the link in the description, which will direct you to a voice thing where you can talk and you can just let me know your questions and um, I will answer them about either the... um, Napoleon Bonaparte and his life and legacy or about um, the Louisiana Purchase Um, either way uh, so it's a very interesting subject and I would love to go over it again because it definitely is very influential in American history because we got a lot of like almost 50% of America's land from this deal so it's a very astonishing thing so if you have any questions either feel free to talk to me about it or look it up on the internet because there's a lot of sources on there so have a great rest of your guys' day and come back next week where we're going to be talking about a new subject so have a great rest of your day